0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word, keeping us focused on a relationship with God, and helping us to stay strong in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We keep encouraging you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You know people in your life, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to change their direction in life. They need to start getting focused on their relationship with God and upon their souls upon eternity because it's coming. Help them by sharing these studies with them every day, with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, but make that commitment and start sharing with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. What a great blessing to help somebody get to heaven by getting them into God's word through these short studies each day. But it's not just a great blessing for them. It'll also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about, well, what is our spiritual temperature? (laughs) Probably a lot of people don't think about that, hardly at all, if at all, but it's something we need to be focused upon. Now we've talked about how through the COVID pandemic, well, we'd have to get our temperature taken over and over and over and over and over again, haven't we? And if you go into medical facilities, we don't know how long that's going to continue to last I don't know. Maybe forever? (laughs) We'll see. But we're talking about uh, the temperature of our physical body as being an indicator as to our health, whether it's good or maybe we've got an infection of some kind. Well, we talked about how Charles Dickens laid out the contrast between two realities of life looking forward to the french revolution and then as the people of france lived through that revolution in his novel a tale of two cities written in 1859 he talked about how it was the best of times and at the same time it was the worst of times it was the age of wisdom it was the age of foolishness it was the epic of belief and at the same time the epic of incredulity or unbelief it was the season of light and it was the season of darkness well, that, 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 those descriptions could rightly be written about life in this world every single day from the perspective of the Christian trying to live the faithful Christian life before God and before his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because you see, as a Christian, we should be living a life of righteousness and godliness, of faithfulness, But we've got this other being out there, the devil, who is likened to a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. In other words, he's about our destruction. And the way he's trying to lead us into eternal condemnation is through sin. He tempts us with all kinds of different temptations to draw us away from God and out of faithfulness and dedication to him and into a sinful lifestyle. And the world is his playground his workshop. This is where he does his work. And this world is caught up in the darkness of sin. We live physically in this world, while spiritually we are members of the kingdom of heaven by virtue of our having become Christians. Colossians 1 and verse 13, Philippians 3 and verse 20, Ephesians 2 and verse 19. The ways of the world, though, they're powerful. And if we if we let our focus you know, stray a little bit from our dedication to God, well, we can be drawn gradually and then farther and farther into the ways of the world, which are sinful ways. Think about Lot again in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 12. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. He made his home in that direction and then ultimately ended up in Sodom itself a city that was, that was notorious for its wickedness, ungodliness, immorality, to the extent that God finally destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot had his home there. Now he still tried to live that righteous life and God spared his life and that those of his two daughters. But what if he had not taken up residence in that city? Well, he lost his wife as she looked back as God was destroying the city, and she became a pillar of salt. If he had not made his home in that city of wickedness, would she have still been alive? Probably. Would he have experienced some of the immorality that he experienced by his own willingness, but also by... The scheming of his two daughters after they left Sodom? Probably not. Probably would not have experienced those realities, those practices. But see, we're in the kingdom of heaven if we're faithful, dedicated Christians, but we also live physically in this world. Now, we talked about five, five questions to gauge our spiritual temperature. The first one was, what am I most passionate about? Are you most passionate about serving God, living in faithfulness, dedicated, studying His Word, living that gospel message in your life every day, and reaching out to others with that saving message? Or are you more passionate in reality, if you'll be honest with yourself, about the ways of the world? Work, vocation, social standing, money, recreation? What's your answer? The second question, to help us gauge our spiritual temperature, how do I want people to remember me? Toward the end of the 19th century, Swedish chemist Alfred Nobel awoke to read his own obituary in a local paper. (laughs) That would be an eye-opening experience, wouldn't it? Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite who died yesterday, devised a way for more people to be killed in a war than ever before, and he died a very rich man. Well, actually, it was Alfred's older brother who had died, but those words had a profound effect on Nobel himself. He decided he wanted to be known for something other than developing a way to kill more efficiently, so he initiated the Nobel Prize, an award for scientists and writers who foster peace. Nobel said, every man ought to have the chance to correct his epitaph in midstream and write a new one that's a profound thought isn't it have you thought about that in your life if somebody were, were to write your epitaph right now how would it read dedicated absolutely fervent faithful servant of god in jesus christ or would all of those statements be left out completely, and something else related to this world and life therein be the words that would spell out that final epitaph? Well, few things, few things will change us as much as looking at our life as though it is finished. Think about that—that that classic Christmas play where we look at Scrooge being given a view of his life in the past, his life in the present, and his life in the future, if he does not change his life, the Christmas carol. He changes his life when he sees what might be and when he also views what really was at that time as to the nature of his life. Our families, our co-workers, our neighbors, and friends will likely remember us by our passions, what we were most fervent about. Think about that. We look at Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9 and verse 36. And notice what we read there. Acts 9 and verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Well, she had died, but the people around her, her family, her acquaintances, oh, they remembered what she was so passionate about. She was a Christian lady and she tried to live that Christian life in fervency and consistent dedication. Is that what people will remember about us? our families, our co-workers, our neighbors, our friends. I've known people to be burdened with their Bible. I'm sorry, to be buried with their Bible. Probably we've heard of such people. But we've also known people to be buried, decked out in the colors of, well, whatever college football team or whatever memory they wanted their loved ones to hold of them as they viewed them in the casket. Newsman Mike Wallace, who anchored 60 Minutes, lived to be 92 years old. When he died on April 7, 2012, the media paid him tribute. The most memorable thing about Wallace was his aggressive, confrontational style. He asked hard questions and sometimes offensive questions. When he asked, "How do you want?" When he was asked, "How do you want to be remembered?" he responded, "Tough, but fair." Perhaps the best way a Christian can be remembered is as Joshua was remembered. When he died, he was simply called the servant of the Lord, Judges 2 and verse 8. Remember that he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that was how he was remembered. Is that how you will be remembered? That's the second question to gauge your spiritual temperature. How do you want people to remember you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us to live a life that people will remember us as fervently dedicated to you. Not wishy-washy in our faith, but fervently committed to live our lives, to serve you and to bring you glory. Please guide us and help us along this line, Father, always. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.